0: Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever podcast of the Scottish Young Lawyers Association. My name's Isla, I am the President of the Scottish Young Lawyers Association and I'll be taking you on a journey with some inspirational people and some interesting content over the next couple of weeks to the end of the SYLA year and hopefully beyond. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Olivia Moore from the Law Society of Scotland. SYLA worked closely with Olivia for many of our events and surveys that we carry out so I'm very happy that she agreed to be our first guest. Welcome Olivia, thanks for coming along. I wonder if we might just start by talking about who you are and what your role is within the Law Society.
1: It's really good to be here, thanks for having me. So I've been with the Law Society for for just over four years, um, so I'll give you a little bit of a, a rundown about who I am. Funnily enough, I started as trainee catering manager at Slaughter and May's London office, so a pretty different first insight into working within the law. Um, I started at the Law Society after that, so on a maternity basis, and that was quite quickly after I moved to Scotland. Um, I didn't know anything about it beforehand and if I'm being totally honest I was a little bit dubious um, as I expected some more stuffiness and mahogany desks but then obviously when I, when I joined and ever since I've been pleasantly surprised um, about how progressive it is as an organisation so I spent most of my time working in the careers and outreach team and I spent a brief months acting as head of engagement with our in-house members as well so it's a bit of an odd mix of experience um before landing in the careers team i suppose but i think i'm probably quite a good advert for transferable skills that some people may have heard me bang on about in the past um and i think having quite an operational and communication type background suits what i do um so about my job at the law society it's it's really to think about how best we can serve our more junior members so that students up to anyone with about five years uh, PQE really with careers and general support But well it's my job um, as well as several others actually who have a similar role but with a different focus but to make sure that we're approachable to members and we're really in tune with the issues that they face so the things I work on do change quite a lot as we adapt our work to address different needs or issues of the membership or key priorities. But some of the things I worked on during my time have been setting up and growing the student associates membership category, delivering a lot of talks to uni students uh, at different stages of their uni careers, running uh, roadshows relating to career support, or it might be for new trainees, that type of thing. One of the things I enjoy the most um, is working on our social mobility initiatives like the Law Scott Foundation or our pilot scheme to bring contextualised recruitment to the legal profession. And um, that's all about promoting fair access and good recruitment practices. So it is really interesting and it's it's really critical at the moment
0: as well. So you've kind of alluded to the fact that uh, now is not sort of the normal um, time for law society, for firms, for individuals, we're going through, I don't know whether it's a—it's just a period of uncertainty or whether it's a period of transition to some new ways of working that might be a bit more permanent, but um, what sort of trends and issues have you guys seen generally um, within the law society, the impacts that COVID-19 and the lockdown are having?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, it's as you say, it's really hard to know whether it is a, a sort of temporary change or whether a few things will have a much more long term impact. But as you would expect, definitely this spread of coronavirus is placing an enormous pressure on the legal profession. And um, I can certainly see it in the in the range of activities we're undertaking as a membership body to support solicitors in dealing with the challenge and also as a regulator, the number of changes that we're making. One of the obvious things is having almost no face-to-face business taking place, which will clearly be really strange to a lot of people. And it's a massive change to what we know. Um, Starting with a positive, we are seeing a massive increase in technological solutions, which has been really rapid, which have helped to bridge service gaps and sometimes managed to support business as usual functions. Um, Digital solutions have really come into their own and firms which were already embracing technology have definitely seen the benefits and then others maybe who weren't using it as much have actually managed to adapt to new ways of working quite quickly. They've introduced new guidance so solicitors can witness the signing of documents like wills and powers of attorney by video link. Um, One of the big things is obviously we need to ensure the justice system can continue to function as well as possible. So we've been working really closely with organisations like the courts, the Scottish Legal Aid Board and the government to do everything we can to look at how we can keep things moving. So this has included examining proposals to allow more civil court work to go ahead through virtual hearings and measures which would allow jury trials to resume while ensuring that there can be in place for everyone attending one of the things that we're really benefiting from at the law society on a scale that we haven't seen before is the expertise of our volunteer committee members in responding to some of these issues so like the property law criminal law civil justice legal aid committees and many others have been working day and night and Our members tell us what changes they need to see implemented to be able to support their clients and their organisations, and our committees respond to that. So there's still a lot of work ongoing, but their input has been key in in several things. So just a few examples, changes to interim payments from the Legal Aid Board, a strong case for alternatives to the suggestion of jury-less trials for serious criminal cases, which was obviously... Has attracted quite a lot of media attention, interim measures to help people who were trying to conclude property sales in the days immediately after we moved into the lockdown. So our committee members were key influences in all of those discussions. So there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Um, And there's a lot of unknowns in terms of what the longer term impact of those changes and challenges will be. But we obviously stand ready to support members and do as much as we can to keep sight of all of the issues that continue to arise
0: do you think you're finding yourselves busier now with queries people kind of getting in touch to ask about how to adapt their business or what can be done um despite the lockdown despite the fact that some businesses i suppose are are temporarily closed
1: yeah absolutely so um we've got quite a lot of of members of staff who work in member engagement just across the board it's obvious that people need sort of questions answering a lot of information we try and put out proactively to our website but a lot of the time everyone's got slightly different or they might just want to speak to someone one-to-one, yeah, we've definitely seen an an influx in in the number of inquiries we get.
0: On the topic of people submitting queries, we have invited our members to get in touch with questions that they might have, some of which may have been uh, addressed in some of the um, content that Has gone out over the last day or two, um, and I'm sure there will be content continuing to go out until this podcast is um, published. But it would be important for us, I think, to put those questions to you guys from a young lawyer's perspective. One of the first questions that we had is one that I think a number of people are concerned about. Um, One of the questions was Are we about to have a repeat of the 2008 2009 crash? And are we looking at a similar impact to the legal sector and to careers and jobs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know that we've been getting questions about that as well. Um, and I, I so don't want to give a wishy-washy answer, but it's unfortunately really, really hard to predict. No one knows where we'll be in the next few weeks and months or what those longer term impacts will be or if there's a sort of sharper, sharper shot that's a shorter term. Um, I mean, what we are doing is talking to the Scottish Government and others to find out what support is available to the sector. And we're trying really hard to proactively reach out to our member organisations and firms to find out what impact they're seeing already and also what they're planning for the future, just so we can try and get a bit of a temperature test and You know, we want to get answers as quickly as possible. And as soon as we're able to do that and gather evidence, um, we will feed it back to the profession as fast as possible, because we just want to be as transparent as we can, really.
0: A second question we've got here is that people might be worried about traineeship prospects. Um, Does the Law Society have any guidance or assistance they can give for people that might be in that position of, of looking for or about to start a traineeship?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is what we do in our team, in the Careers and Outreach team. So if you have any inquiries, I'd firstly say do get in touch with us. There's lots of information on our website, but our direct email is careers at lawscop.org.uk. And it's not one of those sort of unmanned mailboxes where it goes into the abyss. It will be picked up by one of four people and we will come back to you. Um, so yeah, the one-to-one support is definitely there. And there's also quite a lot of other support as well with within recruitment practices. So recruitment companies specializing in legal, but also a lot of other industries have taken a real hit in terms of workload. And one of the things that we're noticing that they're doing in order to keep themselves engaged and really support the profession is running some you know dedicated webinars, events, Um, professional skills type courses to really help people. So I think that's useful in having another avenue to go down for support. Um, And yet we're also, I should say, as we keep an eye on how we think things are gonna fall within the next few weeks and months, we will absolutely adapt our support as well. So if there are new things that we can do to help get people into traineeships, Um, then we will do that so one of the things for example is after the 2008 um, financial crash and then in the recession afterwards we did make a real effort to just try and see if we could create more flexible traineeships. so maybe split between two employers if one employer couldn't sort of feel the burden of taking on a a trainee themselves full-time so there are different things that we can look at so we will again yeah be keeping our finger on the pulse really and trying to do everything we can to be as flexible as possible to get people into roles.
0: So I take a message there really is that if you have any concerns about your traineeship falling through or that you're struggling to get one be a bit creative about it get in contact with yourselves and see what can be done and I suppose you look at things on a case-by-case basis and um, even within your team to see what can be done because every traineeship saved i suppose every traineeship opened up to somebody is um is another opportunity within the profession
1: absolutely yeah
0: um, another question um, that i think we kind of alluded to earlier is that if i find myself taking an unexpected career break how easy will it be for me to get back into the law
1: yeah so um what i would say is to make sure that you're keeping yourself busy by working um what i I wouldn't want personally is probably a, a gap altogether and um, i know that generally the jobs market might be a little bit tricky but whatever kind of work that you can get there's all, almost always a way of one job giving you the skills that will be useful in another and as a minimum as well it will prove that you've been really resourceful and that you're hard working and at the same time, I'd show that you're dedicated to getting back into the legal sector as well. So just make sure that you don't close yourself off from the profession. So by all means, if it means taking on another role, do that. But also, if you can keep your networks going, so remain a member of the SYLA or you know other members of organisations that you're part of within the profession. Keep getting Scottish legal news attend related cpd sessions for things that you're interested in and keep up with all of the contacts that you have in the profession as well as this will all show through when you're applying for a job rather than being quite closed off from the sector Um, and then when it comes towards you know coming back into the law and looking for different opportunities it's worth saying that there are new roles that you could consider like freelancing options if you're trying to get your foot back in the door but maybe struggling to get something permanent so you could have a look at schemes like Vario by Pinsent Masons or I think there's a freelancing scheme through Frazier Wright as well so this is really quality work that will get your skills up and help you again grow your networks and work with some different people but critically also I think help you build back your confidence too
0: One of the other questions we've got here is, are there any areas of the law worse hit than others or any areas that are growing or benefiting during this period of lockdown? Hmm.
1: In the initial weeks of the lockdown, I think there were a few obvious uh, areas of profession that did take a, a real hit. So perhaps most obviously property and conveyancing and court work as well we are now seeing registers of Scotland making progress with electronic submissions of applications which are due to be live from Monday the 27th of April and virtual and remote hearings from the court of session starting over the past few weeks shows that some business can restart um what's important to remember I think is that the coronavirus outbreak doesn't mean that there's no need for legal advice and in fact legal advice and services for clients may be even more essential during this exceptionally challenging and unsettling time so we'll continue to as the law society to remind individuals businesses and government that scotland's legal profession is here to support and advise and as i say might actually be needed more than ever so it might be that there are some sort of impacts to specific sectors in the short term but hopefully across the board we remain you know a really necessary part of society which is a really important thing.
0: The next question which I think was actually partially at least addressed in uh, something that came out uh, at least into my inbox today how will compulsory TCPD be affected by the lockdown during this time?
1: Yeah so happy to talk through that um all um i think all uh, supervisors have just been contacted about this but hopefully trainees as well and if not there's a lot of information on our website on the coronavirus updates page relating to trainees and all sorts of the, the regulations around that so at the moment what has changed is that all of those trainees who are due to qualify prior to the 30th of June, and now required to complete 48 hours of TCPD, rather than 60, of which a minimum of 32 must be from an authorized provider, and a maximum of 16 from a non authorized provider, and you also have to have done your ethics course in full. And um, so there are some provisions for trainees who are qualifying before the 30th of June, who've already undertaken more, um, than 48 hours of TCPD, they're, they're therefore deemed to have met the, the requirements. And any trainees who are due to qualify before the 30th of June and who haven't met the reduced requirements and you know otherwise would meet all of the standards required that you would have to, to, to um, qualify as a solicitor, except for not having done enough TCPD. You can give a a written submission to the Law Society saying that you will complete the outstanding amount by the end of the practice year. So this is obviously change for people. I know I keep saying 30th of June. So that affects people up until that date as your qualification date. Now, the committee, the admissions subcommittee at the Law Society who looks after all of the trainee regulation is keeping a really watchful eye on this area and is being quite proactive as well. So they will revisit the matter um, to give clarity to trainees qualifying post the 30th of June if we do see these types of exceptional circumstances continue.
0: That kind of ties into uh, another uh question i suppose that we've had in which is is qualification likely to be delayed for those due to qualify in the next six months or so
1: yeah we've got quite a lot of questions about this as well so the short answer is that it's likely to be at your supervising solicitor's discretion rather than being a decision um, from the law society so the admission as a solicitor Scotland regulations um both the new and the previous uh, iteration of the regulations do allow for trainees to be absent for a period of up to six months in total. Now in the past and typically this might have been used for things like maternity leave or long term sick leave, but we do believe that furlough could be viewed in the same way. So um, this does mean that Fundamentally, if you met the P two outcomes and you haven't had more than six months off, and your so your supervising solicitor um, thinks that you have met the standard that you need to to qualify as a solicitor, then you might not need an extension to your traineeship. However, if you have been furloughed and then you um, you know you, you go back to work and your supervisor does think that there are areas that you still need to work on that is the situation in which you might see an extension onto your traineeship but what i would advise is that for any trainees who are on furlough and think they might be affected keep in touch as much as possible with your supervisor and just try and be honest and transparent and hopefully they they will be back to you as well
0: And for people that are on furlough um, or on reduced hours at this time, what can young lawyers, uh, trainees, NQs, people approaching and waiting to start their traineeship, what can they be using this time um, for in in order to enhance their professional and personal development?
1: Hmm. So I, I think there's a, a few things that people can be doing, and obviously it's down to individuals to to see if there is anything that they feel like they, they might need to be doing professionally. Obviously, we know the guidance is that you can't do any activities that would generate income for your firm, but that doesn't really therefore include training. So it might be that you can continue with any TCPD or other sort of CPD that is useful to you. And again, it might be worth having a discussion with your supervising solicitor about their view about what might be most helpful to you. Otherwise, from a personal point of view, you might have things that you would like to develop yourself during this time over the next few weeks. Um, so I mean having said this, I, I think it's really important to remember as well not to put yourself under too much pressure. Absolutely, if you feel like you have the capacity and you can to do things that are useful to your career, then that is great. But just to talk from a well-being angle as well, it is a really difficult time and you might be experiencing quite a lot of anxiety and feeling a little bit vulnerable. And if that's the case, um, you know, you, you don't have to set yourself too many targets either. And, you know, also make sure you use the time to do things that you enjoy as much as possible and feel as positive as you can as well. Um, But also the bottom line is, um, is that if you are on furlough, you shouldn't be being asked to work. Um, So it's a case of talking to your supervisor if that is the case. Um, And we, you know, if needed during the traineeship, we should be able to advise Apple or society as well.
0: And obviously furlough is there to prevent or theoretically to prevent people from being subject to redundancy. One of the questions that we've received is um, as a trainee should I be worried about being made redundant?
1: This, is, this has come up a couple of times for us as well um, and I think the first thing to say is I I totally understand why people worry about this more if, if they are on furlough um, but it, it doesn't mean that you know, your job is any sort of less important than than anyone else's. Just a lot of businesses have had to take this approach to help sustain themselves, really. Um, just to talk you a little bit through the Law Society's process to maybe put people's minds at ease or at least just give you a bit more information is that there is a fairly robust process in place regarding trainee redundancy, and it is very clear that it must be used as an absolute last resort. So an employer can't simply make a trainee redundant. They would have to put an application to the admissions subcommittee, explaining all of the other avenues have been explored and that there is literally no other option for the organization. And then that would have to be signed off by the admissions committee. I don't think any organization would take redundancy lightly. Um, certainly when I look at different organisations of any size really within the legal profession you're not just a number on a spreadsheet for somebody um, and a lot it, it means a lot and it's a really difficult decision so I am hopeful that wherever possible employers will be able to benefit from the furlough scheme in terms of mitigating the need for redundancy down the line
0: perfect I think that'll reassure quite a few people Um it's, I suppose that's the difference between a training contract and somebody that's maybe at an NQ stage, um, who's in a, a standard employment contract, that there is an extra protection there for trainees, and whereby it all has to go through the law society.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. And what about people who are perhaps approaching qualification and who aren't being furloughed, who are progressing through their traineeship as normal and um, I know that some of them have concerns about what the job market's going to look like over summer and the prospects of securing a, an NQ role is there anything that you've seen from a law society perspective or um, any guidance that you would give to them?
1: This isn't something that we have seen particularly at the moment but it is one of those topics again that we're trying to reach out to firms about so we can proactively get a bit of an idea about what the impact will be um so one of the things we're actually trying to do is to re- recruit more people to our mentoring scheme and just generally get in touch with who went through this process around 2008 2009 which was a really tough market to sort of share some of their advice and experience that they would give to people if we see ourselves in a in a sort of competitive position again where we do have a bit of a reduction in the number of trainee roles um i know that it is really stressful as we're working in a lot of unknowns at the moment but i think the same goes as as what i was saying earlier in terms of keeping an open mind about the different opportunities that you could look for if there is a a dip in terms of the NQ market in the profession. Are there other alternatives that you could be looking at? So, part-time work or freelance work, or working in a in a slightly different but linked industry. What we do hear a lot of the time is that a lot of um, a lot of firms and in-house organisations really want their new, newly qualified solicitors to have business skills to complement their technical legal skills. So actually maybe thinking creatively if you need to and keeping an open mind and actually what could you be doing in a slightly different role or another sector that long term could actually benefit your legal career and just give you some other experience. And if there is a a bit of a tanking in the job market is a case of thinking really sort of creatively. And going after some different types of opportunities while while you wait for, for the legal market to recover a little bit but as i say i will caveat that with that we don't have the information at the moment to tell us that this is definitely going to happen and we are definitely going to see like a kind of serious hit to the jobs market we just don't know how quickly it's going to pick back up again
0: that's the questions that we've had in from our members on social media um, i'm a aware that obviously you've been holding round table discussions with the trainees and junior members of the profession have there been any trends in terms of the questions that you've noticed um or any particular innovative ideas that you've heard coming out of these discussions
1: so quite a lot of the questions actually have come up um you know in in today's podcast recording i would say to any managers out there Please make sure you're looking out for your junior members of staff or to any colleagues, think about how you can build up any peer support networks. If you know others on furlough, maybe try and see how, you know, you can keep them informed and then they can, you know, feel like they are absolutely still part of the organization because people are and this is just a temporary measure.
0: And on a more positive note, do you have any tips or stories from your own period in lockdown to maybe cheer us up or give us some ideas about what we could be doing with our time?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I I probably can because I'm not somebody who has worked from home a lot in the past actually, so this is definitely brand new to me and I, in my free time, usually spend as much as my time outside as physically as possible. I'm a big sort of hiker and I do a lot of running and that sort of thing. So this is this is definitely really alien to me. Um, a few things I would say, if you work in the same room as somebody else, like I do, I would recommend basically ignoring the other person as much as possible during the working day. So then you've got more to talk about in the evening. I absolutely do that with my husband and it's it seems to be working quite well actually. Um, Otherwise, I'm personally trying really hard to focus on being fine with doing a lot less. I'm one of those people that has quite a jam-packed schedule all the time. And it might be from fun stuff or volunteering for things. And generally, I just keep myself pretty busy and under quite a lot of pressure. And I imagine, actually, that a lot of junior lawyers would empathize with that and relate to being similar. And I've been really trying to do the opposite. So not timing my runs for how fast I'm going. I'm not planning out any days if it's the weekend in the morning thinking this is what I'm gonna do today. And instead I just sort of do what I feel like in the moment, even if it's absolutely nothing. Try not to make any targets for how many books I'm going to read. I know that some people really like doing that, but I don't think it's particularly useful for me and deciding um, to, that probably the most productive thing i can do is find some calm and take stock and just think about how i can be a little bit more slow paced when we go back to normal so hopefully that will inspire people to not to put themselves uh, under any undue pressure as well because i think we can all agree that there's enough out there already without adding to it you know ourselves
0: Do you have a guilty pleasure podcast or um, box set or something that you've been listening to or watching to, I suppose, fill your time during this lockdown?
1: Yeah, I have. I mean, I am a real podcast enthusiast, which is partially why I was delighted to do this one. So I listened to already How to Fail with Elizabeth Day quite a lot, which I absolutely would recommend. It's brilliant and it's interviewing different guests. Um, for about hour long session so that's brill but the one thing I am watching is Mad Men from the beginning it's it's so brilliant and I have to say it's the perfect lockdown watch because it's very well paced there's the right amount of stuff going on without it being so action-packed so it's quite good if you sort of want to remain entertained yet calm And it's good sort of high quality TV I think
0: Perfect. That's uh, maybe inspired me to go back and start watching that one again. Um, Well, today is probably the nicest day we've had for some time and the the nicest day probably to come. So I won't take up any more of your time Olivia. you but I just want to say thank you from SYLA and our members for coming along and being our first guest.
1: You're so welcome thank you so much for having me and I think it's so great that the SYLA is being really innovative and coming up with new
0: ways that you can keep in touch with everyone so good luck for the rest of the podcast season.